listening to episode 103 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. We record this podcast inside of Four Stream Studio, where we record every single week right here off of Oxmoor Road in Homewood, Alabama. My name is John Mark DeRoe, and I'm joined by my good friends as usual, Brad Brown and Jonathan Hapes. Jonathan, you're back this week. Glad to have you with us, my I, friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Uh, last week was uh, a bit of a rough go for uh, two of us in the studio. Wow. Um, yeah, I I was actively out with the stomach bug, and shortly after y'all recorded, Brad went down. I got hit. But uh, John Mark over here apparently has genes of steel, <laughs> immunity of steel over here, and yeah. uh, you, you remained unscathed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened, guys. I mean, maybe, I, maybe it's just my physique or uh, just... <laughs> I Sorry, think I that's it. The, that. the amount of working out that I do, I don't. It's it's funny because I don't work out at all. That's you know what? I'm glad you didn't get it though, because it gave you time to put together one of the few like competitive sports things that I enjoy participating in each year, and that is the March Madness bracket competition you sent me. That's right. That's right. Ooh, what time is it? March Madness. March Madness. <laughs> do you guys? Are you all into it? Do you watch all the games? I uh. I watch games. I don't watch all the. Is it possible? To I watch don't think all it's games, possible Brad? to watch all. Of yeah, them. I was You can go to a. You can go to a restaurant where they have a bunch of TVs and. Y'all don't have four TVs in your living room, where you can watch everything at once. Oh, uh, I really want to talk about something right now. Does. That, but if I talk about it, I got to give a parental warning because I, I don't know that it's appropriate if you're listening with your children in the car. Well, now I'm intrigued. Okay, all right. So that's the parental warning. Color all me right. intrigued. <laughs> no. I just wanted to share. It, it, I was already about to share because we brought up March Madness. Just no idea where this is going. But then y'all brought up the restaurant thing too, which everybody knows. Restaurant with TVs. You're talking about Buffalo Wild Wings. All right. oh, yeah. they, they have the most televisions ever. That's and, right. And they do something specific for what I'm going to mention. So March Madness. Uh, well, March is not just known for March Madness, but because of March Madness, it's also known as the top month for men to do what. Eat wings. Well, maybe. Well, because you said this isn't appropriate for kids, like alcohol. <laughs> Careful. Alcohol is coming to mind. Drink, drink, drink alcohol. No, drink no, no, alcohol. No, no, no. Uh, Gamble. Have, no. Have, oh. have vasectomies. <laughs> they play, it's, it's statistically proven that a lot of guys plan it around March Madness so they will be off of work and at home and have games to watch all day. And Buffalo Wild Wings, this is true. This is just research. Buffalo Wild Wings offers a special stool that they, <laughs> they call the jewel stool and it's it cools it's like cool it's like cold wow so there you go guys well um, just do with that what you will i was i've never seen that in the commercials that they have i wasn't aware of the stool but i was aware that this is a popular time for men to get vasectomies and my one of my neighbors is actually getting one there you go this this March. Well, tell him tell him about Buffalo Wild Gosh, Wings. And I the really Jules hope Duel. he listens. Just <laughs> randomly, he does not. He doesn't go to church here, so oh. no one knows him. That well, anyway, so back show. to the more important thing: the March Madness. So, uh, we, we so, do. What, what's the thing that we do? What's we it do it. We do a bracket each year. Some of us here at Shades. I'm actually in like four groups this of year. Of course, you are. 
Uh, but there's one that I've done with some people from Shades and some people that used to go to Shades. It's like us three and John Ball, Jeremy Moore, uh, Jeff Stallcup's in it, Scott Ledbetter's in it, which Scott is a big basketball fan. If you ever oh, talk yeah. to him about basketball, I love he the, loves it. The, ty- the group is called What is Basketball? Yeah, What's Basketball? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we just big like money. to have a good time. Big there's money a lot involved. of money on the line. Yep, we all put in. 5K just to start out. Is is any so Brad hasn't picked his yet? Are you willing to say who you've picked to go all the way? Well, so being an Auburn fan in particular this season is going to be terrible for my bracket. <laughs> I just know that it is, but I've got to go with my heart. So I went with Auburn all the way, beating Gonzaga. Oh, that's that's interesting because I have Gonzaga as winning the the championship. Well, Gonz- we will see what they're made of. Gonzaga went all the way last year undefeated and lost in the championship that's, game. That's right, Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I've got my final four is Arizona, which they probably won't make it. I think I have Arizona. I'm in the doubting final four. everything. <laughs> Arizona, Auburn, Kentucky, and Gonzaga. That is my final four. I don't know if. Any of that will hold. Everyone's brackets if will you, be busted. I've got Arizona and if Kentucky. If you weren't, how good's Kansas? If you Auburn's playing Auburn Kansas. Fan. Auburn's yeah. playing Kansas. Well, I'll tell you how good Kansas is. Well, tell me. Kentucky played at Kansas this year and beat them by eighteen or twenty points. Oh, okay. So if you're going by, you know, games like that, Auburn beat Kentucky by what was it nine? They're, so, they're the so one seed, right? This is my final four that Kentuck- we have just named. Uh, Kansas, I've got Gonzaga, yes. uh, Kentucky, Kansas, and Arizona. That's that's my final four. When did I put Auburn? Uh, yeah, when do you have Auburn out? losing? I've got Auburn being knocked out by Wisconsin. Sweet 16? Yeah. Hmm, That'll so. be a tough one. I've heard that hmm. Wisconsin likes to play a slower offense. They really like to set up the half court. So I, you know, I don't know. Like we'll we'll see what happens. They like to slow it down. Sometimes Bruce Pearl teams have been bad against that. I think Auburn can. I I think legitimately Auburn has definitely has a shot at the Elite Eight to go all the way. I think they're going to have to do something really special. But we'll see. Yeah, well, you never know. It's madness. It's madness. <laughs> it's uh, madness. You never know. I know we have a lot of Alabama fans listening. Alabama's oh, also that's in right. the tournament. I yeah. believe they're a six seed. Um, they get they got an interesting draw. The what were you going to say? I was Brad? just going to say four Alabama co- colleges in March yes, Madness. Yes, pretty Al- insane. Auburn's actually playing one of them. That's in the right. First round, Jacksonville State. That's right. And UAB made it into pretty the crazy. Tournament. I'm sorry, I interrupted. We're, we're a basketball state now. That's right. Exactly. We are. So, and this is a basketball podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I was like, well, thank you everybody for listening into Shades Midweek Sports Podcast. I think we should just jump right into an album. Sports break. So we don't have any emails this week, as far as I know, so let's just uh, see what what album I have. Leap in. All right, this week I'm bringing you a worship album. I haven't... I haven't featured a worship album in a while. You promised that, though. You this promised is, it. And I did promise it You're last delivering week. delivering on it. This is one of my favorite worship artists and songwriters. That guitar sounds like just some slowed down U2. It does. A little, little edge going on there. The album is called... Bono coming in. It, yeah. It's called Seven, and this is a live album from Brooke Ligertwood, also known as Brooke Frazier. Ligertwood is her married name, and... She put out her own live album uh, featuring a bunch of new songs that she's written with a bunch of people. 
And this song's called Ancient Gates, so we may be doing some of these songs soon. We'll see. Mm. Probably won't sound like this. Oh, it definitely but. will. <laughs> It'll sound better. This is Brooke Frazier is like Ashley's favorite, one of her favorite artists. Oh yeah, ever. But I, I've listened to this album. I, I confess I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I have listened to a lot That's of. That's okay. F- Most books that Brad recommends, he hasn't read the whole That's thing. That's right. I have listened to a, a lot of the front half, and I do enjoy it. Uh, this song's really cool. There's a song called Communion, lyrically very strong. Um, this, if there's one that we do, th- it would probably be this one that we do on Sunday morning. It's a beautiful uh, song, and then there, there's like an instrumental that uh, happens after this track called Communion Meditation. That's really cool. Um, Brad, Brad and I were talking about this. There is a song that I don't like on here. <laughs> And it is called Honey in the Rock. And it features this other guy named Brandon Lake. Brandon Lake's like um, a real popular worship artist right now. He's got a real soulful voice, almost like Chris Stapleton or something Mm -hmm. like that. Very similar. Um, And uh, he does a song here with Brooke Frazier called Honey in the Rock. I don't know. It's just not my thing. It's it's not. It's not your jam. It's just not my jam. Yeah, it's just your personal opinion. I overheard this conversation the other day. There were some passionate... Passionate opinions flying around. I'm being very calm. <laughs> Brandon Lake's kind of everywhere. Like he's yeah, done stuff he's a with big, he's, he's a big done deal stuff right with now. Elevation. Has he done stuff with Maverick City? I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had. It's like but, cranberries. Yeah, he's he's kind of everywhere. Yeah, it's like it's hey, we're gonna put cranberries in everything. It's like we're gonna put Brandon Lake on every worship album that comes out now. Yep, totally. You know. um, but man, I just you know back to the good stuff though. Brooke Frazier, mm-hmm. Brooke Ligertwood, she's. She's so good. And she's actually probably one of my she is my favorite songwriter that has been involved or came out of Hillsong. Oh yeah. I think she's the strongest songwriter there. All of the songs that she has a co-write on, they're usually my favorite ones on any of their records. And she has a really good history of writing great great songs for the church that are theologically rich. Yeah. Great to sing and great for you know a local worship band to learn how to play. It's true. So it kind of hits all those things. Extremely talented. Yeah. So I do like her. Let me know if you've listened to this album or not. Uh, if you like Brooke Frazier, if you've liked uh, some of her other worship stuff, she does have some of her own music too. That's not worship. That's right. That you can also check out as She's well. She's like a big deal. In, She's a really New big Zealand? deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like a pop artist. Yes. She's huge over there. Huge. Pretty wild. Yeah. So, yeah, there check out. That's uh, my album of the week is seven. Sweet. Brooke Ligert Wood. Cool. Right. Good right, record. JM. That was a little loud. Can't be, can't be too loud. It's a slight, slight transition there. It's just those massive pipes that we have in the sanctuary that the organ just blasts out of. I can remember being a kid and being in church uh-huh. and just staring. At the organ pipes. Did y'all ever do that? Yeah, we, we didn't we, have organ pipes in my church. I was about to say, oh, JM didn't, didn't grow up in the in those in that world. We yeah. did, yeah. In our uh, the original sanctuary that uh, we started, they just built massive. They built a new sanctuary, yeah, yeah. Like when I got into high school, and it was much more modern and all that. But yeah, like the entire upper, I don't know what you'd call it. It was just full of just pipes. full of pipes. Yeah, pipes, man. Yeah, man. Well, welcome to Bradford's <laughs> book club. Glad to have you here for another edition. I am just jazzed about my book, 
today. It's a book that was assigned to me for class, so I've definitely not read it. That was a joke. But uh, it's a book that I am currently in the middle of, all right? But uh, I've enjoyed it so far. It's a book titled Attachments, Why You Love, Feel, and Act the Way You Do. It's written by Dr. Tim Clinton and Dr. Gary Sipsey. I'm not sure about Dr. Sipsey, but Dr. Clinton is a psychologist. He is also a Christian. And let me read a little bit about the book. So the answer to why people feel and act the way they do lies in the profound effect of a child's bonding process with his or her parents. How successfully we form and maintain relationships throughout life is related to those early issues of attachment. The author has cited four primary bonding styles that explain why people love, feel, and act the way they do. This book is for anyone who desires closeness, especially in the most intimate relationships, marriage, parenting, close friends, and ultimately with God. So this book is really about a theory called attachment theory, and it's written by Christians. So the author, who's a psychologist and a Christian, takes attachment theory and then reflects on it theologically. And so you have psychological research and theological reflection, which makes for an interesting book. And attachment theory, to really oversimplify it, basically states that the early relationships that we have in our life, our, primarily our relationship with our primary caregiver, the relationship with our parents, has a massive effect on how we come to see ourselves in the world and how we come to see others and how we relate to them. And so in the book, he explores uh, kind of the research that's been done through the years. There's a, a ton of research that backs up this theory. It's, to my knowledge, very broadly sep- accepted in the world of psychology. And it shows how um, these early relationships can uh shape the relationships, how we interact, how we argue, how we fight, how we view other people, uh, maybe why we withdraw, why we get so angry, all of these things. Um, This isn't the golden key that answers everything, but it can have some explanatory power and can be helpful as we explore our own stories and think through how we relate to others, especially our closest relationships today. So it's been thought-provoking for me. And I hope it will be for you. So Attachments, Why You Love, Feel, and Act the Way You Do by Dr. Tim Clinton and Dr. Gary Sipsey. Check it out on Amazon or wherever you buy books. This has been another edition of Bradford's <laughs> Book Club. Da, 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 da. I was hoping you would play the thing. There. Oh, my word. Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, One time's enough. So, uh... Brad and I actually got to record an episode, uh, or an episode, an interview, uh, just a little while ago. John Mark wasn't able to be here for it. John Mark, what were you out doing? Man, I was being a dad this morning, and I was chaperoning my son's first grade field trip to the McWayne Science Center. Oh, that's fun. And because it everything of, you dreamed it would be. Well, you Did know, you make a volcano? Or due, <laughs> due to the pandemic, this is the first field trip we've been able to go on, mm. and he's been in school First is his second year now, so um, I am just excited. We had so much fun, and I was uh, 
we went to the IMAX and got to watch a little documentary film. Oh, yeah. I bet you on the were, Great Barrier Reef. I so bet oh, you yeah, were the great. cool dad too. Like when I was that age, if another person's parent had shown up and they just had long hair, like their dad had long hair, I'd be like, oh my gosh, their their dad's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe so. I I don't know. But I did get to meet a lot of people that I had met, and we had a great time. So I don't Slowly. even know what you guys have been doing. Yes. So we. Hour. That's right. We recorded. We've been having a lot of fun. Yeah, we have. So we recorded an interview. Uh, I introduce it here in just a second. So I won't even tell you anything about it. We will just play it. Without yeah, any further right ado, here it is. Well, so I'm here with Brad, and we have a very special interview to record today. And Brad, I, I wasn't a part of Shades Midweek last week when y'all interviewed Doug Abernathy. That's right. Uh, but I did listen to that episode, much to my enjoyment. It was it was fantastic. Um, but one of the things y'all mentioned was y'all talked a little bit about what's happening with the McClunks. That's right. Uh, with Josh and Meg, um, who are missionaries that were commissioned out of shades they've been working closely with uh ywam with long-term plans to head to poland but with everything that's happened um in the ukraine and with ukrainian refugees fleeing to poland right now that's that's sped up some of that timeline and they have some opportunities right now in front of them so we decided why don't we get them on this week's episode of shades midweek and just interview them there's no way we could get Josh and Meg McClung. Uh, right? Right? Right. The, the McClungs. There's no way. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there is a way. We found a way. Uh, yes, we have, we have with us this morning uh, Josh and Meg McClung. Josh and Meg, thank you. Thank you for coming hey, on. How y'all doing? I, I normally I normally would hit the applause button right now. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm not yep. sure which one. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It's nope. not that one, Brad. Yeah. Oh, there it is. There it is. So, John Mark, uh, Brad, you want to? Okay. So, John Mark isn't able to be with us right now, recording, and so we don't know how all these buttons over here work. But no, seriously, mm-hmm. thank y'all for taking time out of your schedule, and we know that things are particularly uh, crazy for y'all as y'all are preparing yeah. to to head to Poland. But just thanks for taking the time to to update us. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've had y'all on before, but there's always the potential that there will be people listening who haven't heard those episodes who, who don't know who you are so really briefly why don't you just kind of introduce yourselves and and yeah that yeah i think this is uh time number three for us on the podcast so yeah, we can get our wow three jacket sometime um, <laughs> totally the three timers club yeah so uh meg and i um grew up in alabama went to shades i started going there as part of the youth group we actually met through that and when park stock up was one of the youth group leaders, and we got married. Uh, Mike Garrigan did our wedding uh, over 15 years ago. So then we um, finished college, got jobs. Uh, I was an engineer. Meg was a nurse. Uh, throughout that time, we did um, get involved with missions, uh, more in short-term trips to Poland. We ended up going to – I took a team to Cambodia one time, and we've been to um, some other places. But uh, throughout – our marriage. And then when we had kids, we always had this longing to um, step into full-time ministry at some point. And once our kids got to kind of the age where we felt that they could kind of handle the adjustment and the move and they wouldn't be, you know, more of a burden than a help. then we decided <laughs> to take the step into full-time missions. So about two years ago, um, a couple of months after COVID, we 
did a family ministry school here in uh, Tyler, Texas, with Youth with a Mission. Um, we did a what they call a discipleship training school that was sort of geared towards families in ministry, and it's something that we've always had a heart for. And our vision was to join Aaron and Greg in Poland and continue some of the ministry that they've begun, and also pioneer a campus there where we can train. Um, young adults and families into stepping into full-time missions. Um, so then we um, finished that school, went on outreach and traveled around the U.S. So we, the way the schools are um, kind of set up here, you do three months of lecture and then you do two months of outreach. Um, so then we did a secondary school after that. Um, we sold our house and um, did what they call school evangelism and then went on outreach for two months into Lebanon with our family. And then we came back on staff. So we've been here for um, almost a year on staff now where we have different roles and I do, I've been a part of the grounds team and part of the call center. Meg does homeschool and as part of a mom's group. We take care of animals on the farm on the weekends. We do trash runs. We're um, involved with, you know, a number of other things, including leading the, family school over the summer and then we um, just got back from leading a family outreach to New Orleans where we had eight families some outside of YWAM um, but so we're we've been pretty busy in all of it in the in the hopes and in the goal of eventually landing in Poland and um, pursuing full-time ministry there long term so just this January we went to Poland for two weeks to take a scouting trip and spent some time in the city that Aaron and Greg have envisioned us pioneering this campus for some time. So we got to spend time with them and um, see the place and kind of vision cast with them. Yeah. And then now, we got back. Not to inter- later, just just to interrupt you for just a second. Uh, just for people. Nah, who, no uh, yeah. Just for people who don't know. So Aaron uh, is Meg's sister. Uh, right. And she's married to and Greg Mark, and, and Greg is from Poland, right? Right. He's, he's full Polish and, um, they've got two daughters, and they he grew up um, in Poland. They met at a through YWAM at a discipleship training school in Hungary, and they've been basically full time ministry since pretty much since they've been married. So getting close to twenty years now that they've been in ministry. Wow, that's that's awesome. Okay, so y'all y'all are there earlier this year doing a scouting trip with them, right? So yeah, so we were there. We. I think at the time there was the rumors of war and rumblings, but um, I think nobody really expected it to escalate to the degree that it has. For sure. Um, so almost as soon as we got back within a week or so, then things kind of um, got wild. So it was almost as soon as that started to happen and we started to um, see the effects of the refugees and the crisis that it was causing at the border and the um, aid that was needed with majority in Poland, um, we knew that we would probably be a part of something heading back. And even that weekend, we were potentially going to go back um, almost a week after we'd gotten back from there. Crazy. Um, so we had this other outreach planned in New Orleans with a bunch of teams, and we were helping lead that. So we kind of set it off or took some time to do that and to kind of prepare as best as we could to go. So um, now we're leaving in It'll be five days from now. We leave on March 21st, and we're tentatively returning on May 18th, depending on if we adjust that out some. So you'll be there for a total of like two months. Yeah, right at two months. So, 
and I know you probably don't know the full scope of what y'all will be doing till you're on the ground, but what what is it looking like? Like, what what are y'all thinking? Is okay, we're headed there, and this is what we're going to be involved in, and what we're going to be doing on the ground. Okay, so here at YWAM Tyler, there, we have a ministry called Mercy Works, and it's just like a mercy ministry branch of YWAM Tyler. And so they have a ton of experience doing crisis relief and aid um, in war zones. And like there was a bunch of teams that went to Albania back when um, they were having a refugee crisis there. And um, so thankfully, we've got some really experienced missionaries here on the base. And particularly uh, Debbie Lassell, she heads up Mercy Works here at Wyoming Tyler. And um, so almost as soon as this stuff started happening, she started reaching out to people uh, that she knew over there to see like what we, what role we could play in um, serving, you know, over in Ukraine or over in Poland or wherever it may be, Germany. Right. And um, so, of course, she knew that we had a heart to be in Poland, so she reached out to us. And that's how we kind of got on this path of this two-month trip that we'll be taking she knew that we'd be sending lots of teams over because we've already had like over 200 people reach out from inside of YWAM but also a lot of people outside who say they want to go over and help so they're coordinating teams that they'll be sending over um, and she just wanted to have somebody like in Poland on the ground who would be you know like a consistent um, presence to orient teams, to find ministry, to, you know, set up transportation. Um, also, since Aaron and Greg are there in Poland, like we have such a great connection. Obviously, uh, Greg and Aaron both speak Polish, and it's a pretty small community of missionaries, uh, particularly YWAM. So, like, they have connections with so many people. Um, and it's, it's interesting, there's, like, tons of different um areas of need so you've got particularly at the border where people um i think it's probably gotten a little bit better now but there were like 30 hour wait times at the border trying to cross people were running out of food and water and gas and it's below freezing so you can just imagine um what that was like and also men that are of military age are not allowed to leave ukraine if they're ukrainian so basically like moms and kids or older people um on their own you know trying to get out and then you've in the weeks that since it's happened you've got over i think over a million and a half refugees in poland alone so just trying to coordinate efforts to find them places to stay transportation food um clothing like all of the things that they'll need um so what we hope to do is just find places where maybe a need need is not being met or um, if there's anything that we're particularly capable of doing that other people aren't because LOM of course um, as a missionary organization are particularly interested in like caring for people and spreading the gospel not necessarily just um, providing food I mean we're totally willing to do those kind of things but I feel like we have a special role in ministering to people. So um, Josh and I and the kids will be in Warsaw for the first two weeks. That's all we know right now. We have a place to stay for the first <laughs> right, two weeks. Right. 
and after that we'll we'll figure it out we'll see where, where the lord is leading us but um we do know that we'll probably have about four teams that will cycle in and out while we're there so um yeah we'll find ministry opportunities and i think it'll be a work in progress like we have an idea of what we'll do when we first get there but we're hoping to um transition to a more sustainable ministry model where perhaps we have like a building or a location where we can house refugees and provide um you know shelter food but also like soul care so um we're praying about that and asking the lord for a location and a specific building that we could use and we'll see but yeah that's what we know now and um and it's not much. <laughs> Reminds me of Paul and his missionary journeys. Yeah. You know, he, exactly. has a, he has a general idea of where he's going, but after that, yeah. we're going to see what happens. We're going to see what God has waiting. Yeah, exactly. What we've found on pretty much every outreach or trip we've taken, especially with our kids, that if we have expectations, they're generally not going to be what we think it's going to be, but it'll mm-hmm. be something much better that God has a plan for us and for our family that's better than what we could imagine or hope for so Mm, we kind of just step into it by faith and don't really know what it'll look like but we know that it'll be part of god's will for us so Mm -hmm. we're excited to see what happens now y'all mentioned that some ywam teams have already gone to to poland is that correct right yes we had um a scouting team of people who are connected with mercy works they left um i guess a week and a half ago just okay. to go and ascertain what was happening yeah. at the border, um, in the cities, connect with uh, different missionaries. And that was, yeah, that was more of a scouting trip, mm-hmm. which it was helpful because they were able to, to bring back some information for us as to what would be helpful for teams going forward. Yeah. Um, one thing that we have been kind of uh, not overwhelmed with, but there's been a huge need with orphans. So Ukraine already had 100,000 orphans before this war. So there's lots of orphanages. And um, what's happening is that people are just trying to get orphans out. Like we've had reports Mm. of somebody carrying 60 orphans across the border with one, one woman in charge, like one caregiver carrying 60 orphans across the border. There was another um, family that YWAM's connected with who ran an orphanage. They have actually adopted 35 Ukrainian children and had a total of 100 children in their care. They escaped Ukraine into Germany, I believe, because they're at a YWAM base in Germany. Um, There was another group of 30 orphans. I mean, it's just unbelievable, like, what is happening. Yeah. (laughs) And these kids who are already orphans now having to leave what they like what little they do have and what they know to go into a foreign country and and also you know with the risk of trafficking people are trying to be really cautious and um i don't know it's it's so hard but yeah that is that's a huge need that we're seeing is what to do about all these orphans coming out wow it, it, am i am i correct i feel like i heard i don't remember who it was from but that uh Greg and Aaron have been directly involved already as well with helping refugees and even had people staying in their house. Is that correct? What? I, Jonathan, we can barely oh, sorry. hear you. Sorry. 
Um, I, I, I was just, sorry. Let me try that again. I was just saying yeah. that. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was just saying that I had heard um, that Greg and Aaron were already working directly with refugees and they even had refugees staying in their house. Um, it, it, am I correct in that? Yes, there was a couple in Ukraine with YWAM Ternopil, which is in the west of Ukraine, who um, did escape, and they were staying with Greg and Aaron for about a week. They, well, actually, it was a unique situation because she was Ukrainian. The wife's Ukrainian. She was pregnant, and then her husband is Canadian. So they came to Warsaw in order to um, to go to the Canadian embassy to try to get her a visa so that they can go home right. to Canada. But yeah, I mean, they even they had Ukrainian refugees in their home, like just a few days after the war began. Mm-hmm. But and they still are in Warsaw. They haven't gotten their visa yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like that's another thing too. Is of course Poland is being saturated with all these people coming out, um, and it's such a hard situation because I think a lot of them would hope to return home, you know. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. It's it's so hard to know whether that's even going to be possible because it we don't know how long it's going to go on. Right. Also, their homes are getting just completely wrecked, and there's may not be much for them to go back to. But but yeah, I think like as this goes on, we may see people moving, like spreading out in into more of Central and Western Europe. But as of right now, it's just mainly in Poland. Are there any other that stories on the ground? that come to mind uh, either from Greg or Aaron or from the other teams that have already gone? Yeah, you can share that. So the ones from Alwak Akma. Well, I mean, there's like, it's cool because being connected with YWAM, um, there's such a great network of missionaries. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times we as the church in America, we kind of pray without knowing like what's exactly happening or even if our prayers are working. Um, and sometimes I don't know that we even know what to pray for, but since we're connected with these missionaries in Ukraine and in Poland, um, we've been getting some really cool stories of answered prayers and things like uh, Ukrainian men or Ukrainian soldiers saying that like bombs aren't exploding. They've felt bullets like whiz past them without hitting them. Um, there was a story from, I think it was from YWAM Ukraine, uh, Kiev, where a lady fed over a hundred people with just five kilos of macaroni noodles. Um, can you think of anything else? Uh, just, I mean, like food being multiplied, supernatural protection, mm-hmm. um, just amazing stories like that, where there's nothing other than prayer and the work of the Lord that are doing these things. So it's so encouraging to hear that it helps, you know, like all mm-hmm. we, sometimes all we can do is pray, but really that's probably the best thing that we can do anyway, because the Lord is moving on their behalf. So it's really neat to hear that. Well, I mean, that, that definitely leads me to ask, like, how can we specifically be praying for y'all uh, right now? I mean, for our family specifically, just, I mean, in the next few days, just to prepare and to transition well, it's course it's asking a lot of our kids again they've done just like incredibly well from two years ago leaving you know Birmingham our church our family our friends behind there and school and everything and it was all during the midst of COVID when that was kind of ramping up so to leave everything behind then and come here you know God's just been so gracious to them and providing a community for them to um, 
kind of really grow and blossom in these last couple of years. And so now we've been back, um, you know, on the base for a while and they've got their own community here and things that they have wanted to do. You know, Oliver was like super excited about doing soccer this spring. I was supposed to be his coach. So like we had our first practice last week and then I had to tell him like, you know, that's oh, really it, buddy. Like we got to go like wow. to, to Poland. So he has a little bit of a hard time understanding like, Sure. You know, why can't we just have one game before we go or something? Like, I don't, I don't really set the schedule or anything. But <laughs> so, um, yeah, just for like for our family specifically, for our kids to just be able to find a place there. We like strongly believe in valuing our kids. That um, you know, Greg always he tells us that like our kids don't have a junior Holy Spirit. They have a the same Holy Spirit that we do. So, um, and we have seen just the amount of. Um, relationship that can be built off including our our children and everything that we do so um they're both little missionaries in and of themselves and oliver has really got away with um just connecting with people and creating opportunities for us to um just be a light in a dark place so i have no doubts that once we get there and once we're on the ground that they will just um blend right or just be able to participate um fully but just leaving um the community again for another couple months and stepping to an unknown um, would be a prayer for, for our family. And then just while we're there, um, just wisdom, discernment, um, protection, obviously, in some of these difficult situations, just where, where to go, what to do, um, how to accommodate other teams that come well. Um, right now, one of our main prayer requests is for a vehicle to transport teams. We had um, as Meg mentioned earlier, um, <clears throat> we started a lot of fundraising through Mercy Works, and they were able to raise twenty-five thousand dollars from donors around the around the world, I believe. So wow. um, they raised that in hopes of purchasing a van. And so Aaron and Greg on the ground have been looking for a vehicle for us that we could use to transport teams and supplies. Um, and they had found one, but it turned out today, after an ex- inspection, that it wasn't quite what they expected it to be. Right, so. Right. Um, you know, we'll need transportation for our team and then housing, supplies, everything that goes along with um, having our family there and then having other other teams come because, you know, we don't want to take the place, we don't want to bring people and take the place of a refugee that could be, you know, in need of a home. So finding places that are available and where we can find supplies and food for ourselves along with ministering to those that are in need. That's long-term a building. Yeah, and then long-term, so our, our biggest you know, vision that we've had and calling, um, stepping into this has been to pioneer campus. But in the meantime, we would love to find a, a facility where we could house refugees. Mm-hmm. And there are some that we've looked at and they look amazing, but they're like half a million dollars. So if anybody's got that laying around <laughs> and wants to answer a prayer today, you can be that person. So, um, but yeah, so we're just continuing to, I mean, I'm just, I'm doing whatever I can. I emailed, uh, you know, we're in Texas. So I emailed governor Abbott and was like, Hey, you want to help us buy a house in or buy a facility in Poland? And, uh, haven't heard back yet. So, you know, you never know. Somebody might hear something or see something. Right. Right. They might just decide, you know what, I want to step in and be a part of this relief effort and see, see my dollars grow. So, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that we can do, we will do to try to, you know, increase the impact that we can have on this um, crisis while we're, while we're there. So, yeah. Well, and if someone yeah. that's listening wanted to make a donation to you guys, how could they do that? Um, 
Right. Well, yeah. we have three ways, really. Um, you could do like a personal non-tax deductible donation directly to me and Josh through like Venmo or Cash App. Um, uh, Josh's Venmo is Josh McClung, J-O-S-H-M-C-C-L-U-N-G. Um, second way is through Shades Valley, through the realm. And I'm sure y'all can link that uh, in the description. Yeah, yeah, we, the, we can link that in the show notes for anybody that wants to give yeah, that yeah. way. Just go to our website. Third, yeah. Okay, cool. And then the third way is through YWAM Tyler's Mercy Ministry, uh, mercyworks.org. They are doing an incredible job fundraising. And all of that money goes toward um, the relief effort in Ukraine. And um, for Josh and I personally, like we are, we say we're on staff here at YWAM Tyler, but every person that's on staff is is like technically a volunteer because we don't get paid we um we raise support so uh with the like with our housing fees that we have to pay here and then with our of course our costs our ministry costs while while we're in poland um we're hoping to increase our monthly support so if you are interested in becoming a monthly supporter of josh and me and oliver and reimer we have a monthly donation option on the realm um, through our giving link as well. So we appreciate every little bit, $5 a month, $10 donation, everything helps because we are, we, like Josh said, we just want to try to have as big of an impact as we can with our little family. So. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, and one thing that I would encourage people uh, to do, is uh, when they say every little bit helps, uh, I mean they they really mean that. My my brother also uh, is a, is a missionary who lives full time on support, and I you know I I get to peek a little bit more personally into those finances, and I see how much even those just little five dollars a month kind of donations like really do add up. Um, and you can get creative if there's somebody listening who is a community group leader or part of a community. Your, your community group can go in together and uh, offer some monthly support things like that. But that correct me if I'm wrong, in kind of the long-term vision, that does usually end up being the most helpful um, when people commit to being monthly supporters. Like, like you would probably rather somebody do a monthly gift that's a small amount than give a, a larger one-time gift uh, just because it helps you over the long haul. Am I correct in that? Yeah, it helps us to budget. It helps us to know um, from month to month like what we can depend upon. And um, you know, if you're a missionary or if you're on like small income, having a budget is super important. So it helps. And also I think when you are a monthly supporter, I think it helps us just, to, I mean, it creates a relationship, right? With us and our, the people that are supporting us that we can communicate with them and share, you know, what, what is occurring through the donations that they are giving, which allows us to do this because we know that not everyone's called to, you know, be a full-time ministry and live off support or um, do this as a vocation. But if you are, you know, like we were an engineer, a nurse, then you can be a part of this as much as we, we are because it's by those funds that we're able to, you know, do the things that we do. So um, I think when people join us in that monthly giving, then it allows them to, I think, feel a little bit more invested in the things that we're doing. And not to say that we don't appreciate and are grateful for one-time gifts. We oh, are right, absolutely. right. Yeah, I was not um, I was not trying to discourage course. one-time gifts. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not either. <laughs> if you want to do that, then by all means. Uh, but we just love having, you know, 
even things like when we send out an email, getting responses, texts, anything like that, that knows that, um, you know, it's a little bit when you're away from home, still like you're a little bit, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So we like being able to connect back with shades, hearing from the mission team there and what's going on and even the other missionaries through which, um, shade support. So it's just a great community and a, I'll definitely encourage everybody to get involved in whatever kind of mission you can within shades or around um, the city, whatever you can do, you know, it's a, just a great way to I don't know, experience a little bit of fulfillment and sharing the giftings that God has given us. So um, yeah, we appreciate the, all the, all the partners and everybody who's come alongside of us because it's really been such a blessing and it's been an honor to do this for two years. We never kind of thought that this is what it looked like, but it does. And it's, it's really been um God's gift to our family. Yeah, that that's awesome, man. And and probably kind of just as a last thing, if people wanted to receive uh, y'all's email updates, um, how how would they get those? Because I I get them. I don't remember how I signed up for them, but I get them, yeah. and I, I love receiving them because y'all fill them not just with. Uh, what you're doing, kind of like the brass tacks of what you're doing, but but you fill it with stories of what's happening and pictures and yeah, it's it's always I'm always excited when I get one of y'all's updates. So how can people get those? Um, so we have a Mailchimp newsletter that we try to send out at least once a month, or if we have like a big update, and y'all can link our sign up link in the show notes, and then we also have a Facebook group. Um, called McClung's with a Mission, and we maybe tend to update that a little bit more regularly than our like actual newsletter. And it, you know, it may just be like a quick, "Hey, this is what we need prayer for," or "This is what we're doing today." Some pictures, um, and then we also have our Instagram account, McClung's with a Mission, um, and it's kind of similar to Facebook, and that we will post pictures and little updates on there as well. Are you guys on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're too old for that. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, we aren't. But, um, but hey, if somebody wants to run our social account, we'd be more than happy. <laughs> All right, someone step up. You heard it. Oh my word! I know. Yeah, we made our first reel the other day, and it was painful. You should have seen how long it took. Well, Josh and Meg, thank you all so much just for taking time out of your schedule to talk with us and update everybody. We we are so excited um, just for how the Lord continues to move and work um, in y'all's family and how he's leading you, uh, even in these unexpected um, ways of getting you back to Poland a lot faster than you thought. And, right. <laughs> and we are, we're in prayer for y'all and just excited to see how the Lord's going to continue to work. Um, through you, through YWAM, and through uh, the people at Shades Valley. Yeah, we miss you guys. Thank you. We're, we're so excited to have y'all behind us. And mm-hmm. we really, honestly, like through this season, we've felt a lot of peace. And I haven't been freaking out or super stressed, mm-hmm. except for like one time. But <laughs> <laughs> One breakdown. <laughs> but that's good. Yep. <laughs> that's expected. Yep. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, well, we so- thank you guys. Yeah, well, we love you guys, and it's so good to hear from you, and we pray that the Lord is gracious to us and our paths to get to cross soon. Amen. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you all later. All right. All right. See you all later. 
Well, and that concludes the interview that we had with the McClungs. Uh, Thank you for listening. As we mentioned during the episode, if you would like to give to them through Shades Valley or sign up for that newsletter, that information should be in the show notes. And any other info that you'd like to get, um, if you can't remember some of the stuff they said of different ways to give, uh, just email us. uh, Midweek, that's the right email address, right? Midweek at ShadesValley.org. Brad, why should they email us? Because here at Shades Midweek, you're part of the conversation.